Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is Robert Johnson of Let'sRun.com, welcoming you to a special edition of Track Talk Live, the pre-2007 Dubai Marathon uh, live discussion thread. We've got, uh, in addition to myself, we have Let's Run's Jonathan Galt, who's done a great job this week of writing all the previews about Dubai. And then we also have Sean Hartnett, also known as the professor of the marathon. Now, Sean has been at every world record, has been set in the marathon since 1988. So it's a real special edition because, as everyone who's listening to this now must know, um, Kenny B.C. Bakile, the world record holder at the 5,000 and 10,000, is expected to go for the marathon world record at, in just 40 minutes. So we're going to try to talk about the race for about 30 minutes, get you all excited, um, get scoop from Sean. I mean, Sean is, is normally on the ground, not just on the ground, he's normally – Sean, you're normally in the lead truck, you know, with a split thing that's updating, right? Telling everybody how fast they're going. Yes, and in, in most cases I'm there. Uh, this one I'm at home, so it's uh, uh, it's a little different. Uh, usually when it comes to marathons, I'm kind of like a seismologist. Uh, you know, if I think the big one's going to blow, I'm, I'm heading off. In fact, that's how I first went to Germany to watch Paul Turgat, but... Uh, well, in this case here, uh, we'll we'll watch from afar. It's you know it's an exciting day in track and field when you have somebody taking dead aim at a world record. Uh, some people don't like record chases, but in other cases they become pretty rare these days. So we're ready to watch. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, Sean, because I mean I grew up sort of idolizing Haile Gabrielsi. But his world record attempts in Dubai really did nothing for me. I wasn't excited about it. But for some reason, with Bekele, I'm just really into this race. Um, I mean, I think part of it is the fact that he's still got the 5,000 and 10,000 world records, so no one's had all three at once. But I also think part of it is just sort of how he, I'd kind of written him off. Like, he hadn't done anything for a while, and I was like, uh, I kept waiting for someone to challenge Mo Farah on the track. And Bekele just seemed like he was never going to get healthy. And, um and then all of a sudden he did, you know, pretty well at London, got third place, and then all of a sudden he wins in Berlin, almost breaks the world record there, and it's sort of like a, it's a rebirth. But uh, certainly, um, you know, very exciting stuff for everything. Um, and I guess we'll sort of have a test here. I've always said, claim that I could follow a marathon better, particularly the Boston Marathon, when, you know, back in when we started the website in 2000, 2001, you know, Boston was the only U.S. race that was on live, nationally live. I used to watch it on ESPN and ESPN2, and I always used to say I could get the splits better by looking at the side of the road with my hand than the race commentators do. So it sounds like, Sean, you know where all the splits in Dubai were there, are. You were there for Kylie's two world records. Um, now, tell us what you're going to be trying to be doing as watching the broadcast. You and, you and your buddy Helmut Winter in Germany, right, are going to try to record the splits from the telecast and put it on a website? Uh, yes, um, it, uh, it's it's kind of an acquired skill. Even even when we're on the truck uh, watching world records, we spend a heck of a lot of amount of time watching the road for for the actual surveyor markers on it. Um, in in some cases, the the actual bigger markers might be off a few meters from where the actual surveyor lines is. Um, the nice thing about Dubai is that the the asphalt roads there are so impeccable. That they use a, a survey marker about the size of a of a half dollar, and you can literally spot that silver on the asphalt from, you know, from probably uh, 30 or 40 meters away. 
So so there is a very good, but you can imagine other cities with a whole bunch of other lines uh, out it. So so one of the key things is seeing where the actual splits are. Um, this race is actually pretty good. You can look for the splits on the side of the road, and um, and then pick out uh, uh, you know when the runners go by it. We we then load them in a spreadsheet, uh, and we'll also put them up on Helmet's uh, um, web page so that we can we can do it uh, pretty quickly. We've been trying to do that for the other races that that we have on. So it's uh, you know you know and one of the first things they they teach you when they run is this split stuff. You know let you know about your pace and. Uh, um, we're just trying to to make sure that these uh, world class efforts, uh, you know, that we're making a world class effort to, to to capture the data. Sure. Now, Jonathan, let's bring you into this. You've talked to Josh Herman, Bakili's agent, earlier this week on the phone. Um, you know, he he let it be known right away that Bakili was definitely going for the world record. But but you know, what was that conversation like? How confident did he sound? What was your general takeaway? From this? From from talking to Herman. Well, yeah, I mean, he was he was quite confident. I think he was said he was in pretty similar shape to uh, to Berlin, which was good. Um, you know, there's been talk. I saw an article come out. I think it was yesterday or today that said Bekele wants to run 201.30 by the time he retires. Which you know, we're talking that's a whole different ballpark from where he's at right now. But they, there wasn't any of that sort of talk. He was essentially like, look, the goal is just to get under the world record. And what I was most interested in was, you know, he ran in, in September, and now he's turning around, and, you know, four, four months, it's been four months, so it's not like that's a super quick turnaround, but he's trying to go September, January, April, um, three high-quality fast marathons um, in, you know, a relatively short time for someone who has been, you know, was injured essentially from 2010 through, you know, 2014, and then, you know, is still also dealing with some injuries in 2015, 2016. But his logic was essentially, look, like, as soon as he finished Berlin, Bekele was kind of upset he didn't get the world record. He wanted to give it another try. Um, he, was get, he wasn't really, you know, super exhausted after it, so he kind of recovered quickly. And once he got back into training again, he's like, look, I want another go at it as soon as I can. But uh, Dubai is the first one that was on the schedule where it's really feasible that he could get it so they're like well okay lock in dubai um and then his logic which i did you know i which i agree with is look he bekele spent a lot of time and energy trying to get healthy um over the last few years um even five six years and now that he is healthy you know he doesn't want to waste it by sitting around and you know letting these opportunities pass him by so while I would say racing a little bit, racing as much as he's trying to right now could end up, you know, hurting him and maybe re-injuring him just because it's a big workload. I understand the thinking in like, you know, make hay while the sun shines and, you know, he might, we don't know how much longer he has left at this level, so why not go up to it? So I I applaud their efforts and uh, I'm very interested to see how he'll do uh, tonight. Yeah, you know, it, it sounds like he's the type of guy that just—it's it, fascinating, really, at some level. I mean, he needs a goal. It sounds like he's like he likes to race, or he gets a little bit lazy. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine the greatest runner ever being lazy. But, um, you know, I, I, that was one of the things when, when, um, 
you know, that I got from taking away when we sent Andy Arnold to, Ken, to Kenya and he spent a lot of time with Coach Canova, who briefly worked with, with Bekele, he's like, look, this guy's not a normal guy. Like, he, he's not motivated just to get in shape and go run a safety and run a 206 and get fourth in London. You know, he's motivated by racing the best and setting the world record. So he needs, you know, the big carrot to go after. So, you know, I, I think at that level, it's a good call. The thing that I'm most worried about, though, I mean, it sounds like he's in good shape. If he's in that, you know, I mean, I guess, Sean, you might know better than anyone. Which course, if the conditions were the same, you know, let's say he's in the same shape that he was in Berlin, which course do you think is actually faster, Berlin or Dubai, assuming that the weather was the same? Uh, if the weather is the same, if if Dubai had Berlin's weather, <laughs> I think that's almost all we need to say there. You know, Dubai has proven itself to be basically a, a 204.20 to 20. I mean, I think they the course record is 204.23, and there's 14 or 15 other runners under 205. So you can see that uh, the statistics have proven it to, to to be in that territory because it's the yin and the yang. It's it's a really nice course. One of the good things about it, we talked about that smooth asphalt. It also is a type of one, you know, doesn't have any, you know, taper to it, you know, so it's good on the, the runner's legs. Usually they can recover quicker. So that being said, I was thinking the same thing two years ago when, when Bekele linked off, but he, he was basically hurt before that. So it's a very favorable surface. The problem is, well, what we saw in Houston last week. It's not so much the heat, it's the humidity, that, that high dew point. And then when the temperature does come up, the temperature rises. So what happens in those types of races, you set off at, you know, 203 pace or better, and as the fatigue sets in, you just kind of gravitate up to the 204. Now, what? that being said, everything that John said about Bekele was spot on. You've got a guy who's healthy for the first time. Now, we talked in Berlin about one of the good things of being injured all that time. You know, it's he's got a little more, less mileage on the legs. You know, he's got fresher legs than somebody his age because, you know, he's had the downtime. But when you get healthy, you 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 want to give it a give it a stab. That, that's largely how Haile chased the, you know, came to Dubai. He knew everything would be better in Berlin, higher level of competition, lower dew point, better weather. But with the die, you you want to see if you you can do it on the day. And not just, you know, Kenanisa and Hailey uh, um, at this time, you know, that this, this 15 guys between 204.23 and 205 have kind of uh, uh, launched their career. You know, a good number of them, Dubai's their only PR. But uh, so the course is very good. The fact that there's few turns, very smooth tarmac. It's as close as you could get to a, you know, a, a, a time trial you know, effort or maybe your sub two type of courses. But the dew point is, is prohibitive. Uh, the dew point, you know, is better under 50, closer to 40. You know, if we looked at London last year, it was not a really good day. It kind of it was a cold, kind of raw, little bit of drizzle on it. But what it had was a dew point in the you know right around 40 degrees. And so the dew point is a is a good statistic uh, to keep on for fast marathons. And it's 
you know, it's it's going to see if 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 the magic of Bekele uh, can overcome it. You know, one thing. Right. Uh, or I was going to talk about the the weather right now. So I'm, I'm on weather.com. I don't see dew point on my page, but the temperature is already 69 degrees. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty much a steady 69 degrees. With, with I mean, that's as hot as it was in Houston, right, last week when everybody was running a minute slower for a half marathon than they should have. The humidity, though, isn't as high as in Houston. It's about 70%. So, Sean, what yeah. is the dew point right now, and what, what, do you, what, do you, what are your stats showing you? Um, let me see. I'm just switching back to that. Uh, uh, what I'm, I, I, well, here it's a good thing that uh, we have. I, I use Weather Underground on it on that, and they're showing uh, as of right now, 69 degrees, also a dew point of 59. Okay, so that that is better. Earlier in the week, they were calling a dew point of 63, and you know that was 63 to 65, and that's that's beyond it. Round 60 is uh, the threshold, uh, but the it looks like they're both going to stay somewhat the same. Uh, wind uh, about five six miles an hour. The wind is uh, actually on the south southeast, and as the force lays out, that's actually pretty good because it's a, a crossing wind, so you're not going to have into the wind and then a wind. Probably that one time. And, you know, as as much as a 13-mile tailwind is nice, a 13-mile headwind, headwind gets a little bit old, even if it's a five, seven miles an hour. So the, the crosswind and the fact that the dew point has gone from predicted 60-something down to just under that 59, 57, that, is, that, that opens the door a little bit. But still, it, it's going to be a hot race. And you're going to see... For the record, we'll hop in. The Berlin temperatures during the world record run by Kometo, uh in 2014. It was in the high low 50s Fahrenheit. The dew point was in the 40s throughout the race. And the wind was very, very low, about two miles. So just just uh, for context. Yeah. So it's, uh, but, uh, Did you say high 50s, John? Dew point in the 40s? So it was uh, the temperature was in the high 40s, low 50s, and the point was never below 50 yeah. degrees during. Sorry, never above 50 degrees during the race. John, it's kind of hard to hear you. Maybe call me directly and I'll convert you in that way. You talking to me? Your connection's not great. Okay, I'll try to Call my cell and I'll connect you in. Um, If you're just joining us, this is Robert Johnson of Let'sRun.com. We're doing a special pre-Dubai live podcast with Let's Run Jonathan Galt as well as Sean Hartnett, the professor of the marathon. He is been there for every min- every world record in the marathon since 1988. Let me get Jonathan back on the line just one second. Apologize for the technical difficulties. There we go. John, are you there? Yep. He's back. Um, but, John, I mean, uh, Sean, the name the professor of the marathon who who gave you that name i forgot jonathan got was claiming i did i know i definitely didn't give that to you so t- tell our, our listeners where that name came from uh there was uh highly gave it to me actually first it was kind of funny uh well actually paul Tergott, uh in discussion with us when i was uh i i helped paul get his mind around the marathon and also helped him put out a, a magazine called the Kenya 
athlete. This was like 203, 204, 205. And we met uh, Hiley, must have been 206 at the London Marathon. And uh, I still remember where it was. And Paul introduced me as uh, the professor. And he says, uh, you know, the, the specialty is marathon. So Professor Marathon. And Hiley's called me that ever since, Professor Marathon. And uh, um, usually it's uh, just Professor Marathon, no of it. And there it's, uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an honor take. And... Uh, and actually, my cohort, Helmut Winter, I call Professor of Marathon in, in Germany because he does much the, the same dialogue which with uh, the German media there. But it goes back to uh, my my first working with Hiley. Well, that, that's, um, you know, <laughs> pretty amazing. I mean, even how you refer to him as Hiley, you know, on a first-name basis, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, one question I'm worried about is, I mean, to me, when I'm thinking about the world record, when I got on weather.com and I see 69 degrees, you know, I'm not smart enough to understand dew point and all that stuff. It's all over my head. I'm just like, no way, it's too hot. So let's say, John, I mean, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, you know Kennedy well enough. Is he someone that's motivated? I mean, he, he wants the world record, but he gets out there and let's say he gets to 30K and realizes it's not going to happen. Is there a real possibility that he bags this race and 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 gets beat or drops out, or do you think that he would still be motivated? I mean, there is two hundred thousand dollars for first place. Would the money motivate him or the pride? I mean, how do you well, think his mindset will be if it starts to slip away? Um, it's uh, I I would think even if he loses the trajectory towards the the record, that he would still carry on for for the win. Um, and, unless he's feeling an injury, just because he's had had so many injury incidents in the past, uh, it, it it really depends. Uh, Kenanisa, uh, and again, fundamentally, uh, in, in knowing uh, you know highly knowing Kenanisa, they're both Ethiopians, they're both gold medal magnets, they're both world record magnets, but they're a totally different type of personality, and you know highly outside of when he was injured was was never out of shape you know and and Kenanisa is almost like a prize fighter going through these cycles in fact it, it, his body is very much like a prize fighter more so than a runner and so you know it, it takes him longer it takes him harder to get into shape but when he's in shape he's got a motor like this planet has never seen before and and that's what encourages Yas so much he knows it Kenanisa knows it if he can get his motor up to shape, you know, if he can get healthy, if he can turn over and just run normally, that uh, that 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 this record's within his reach, and so that that that's what motivates him at this point. And he had a long stretch when when you know he could have easily called it a career. He had all those achievements, but uh, um, he's a he's like a fighter again. You know, he knows there's a couple more fights in him. Uh, there's several more fights in it. And, uh, you know, we should never count him down in, in, in terms of those things. You know, he's proven it throughout his career, whether it was the race in uh, um, um, in, in France, the world cross country, after his fiance died at the time there, and he had minimal training and, and had two phenomenal races to win that. You know, it, uh, the guy's amazing. You know, it simply is amazing what he what he can do as a runner, and that's why 
that's why that's why we're here. I think you know, like like uh, uh, Robert started the show. There's something about Bekele that you know when we talk about world record hunt, uh, you know, you know catches catches both of your eyes of attention. Sean, do you have an idea? Do you think that he's giving any sense of whether he's in he's sort of appreciating it more or having been away for a while? You know, I mean, when he burst on the scene, but basically unbeatable from the start. You know, to have lost a few races, to have missed a few years. You know, does he realize it's not as easy as it was when he came onto the scene, or is that? Yeah, I think early in his career, he he might have underestimated the the, the marathon. Um, you know, uh, simply because, shall we say, um, the marathon, it's harder to go in, you know, if he, if he goes in and out of shape, you know, it's, 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 believe it or not, easier to do in a, a track environment than it is to lay down the strong foundation of the, of the marathon, you know, and, and to do the, you know, one thing about both, both Hiley and Trudat, uh, they understood that uh, to be a world record in the marathon, or they, you know, you know, they had to be the world record trainer, you know, you know, Trudat would, 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 you know, you know, in his buildup would do something like 38, 40, 42, 45 kilometers in training. You know, Hiley didn't do kilometers, but he would regularly go over three hours. So, they they really embraced that uh, that training, and you know, Bekele has really fully only embraced that you know prior you know maybe somewhat coming into London, but fully last last time b- before Berlin, you know with his his sub two team behind it. Whether or not the sub two is 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 the the, the immediate thing, they provided support on his nutrition, his training, and all of these types of things. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it shaped him up, you know, got his attention. You get the, shall we say, the the full lifestyle fitness you need as a marathoner. And, um, you know, so, so so now he's, you know, it, it, he's ready to roll. And so it's it's, it's totally different with this team. Um, you know, for, for a while there, you know, McKinley was a victim of his own success. It, he took over his own coaching at the end of his track career. Like in uh, those phenomenal tactical races that that he ran in Beijing, you know that that's not Dr. Wolders Muscal wait until as long as you can type of mentality. But when he took away over his coaching, was at the point that he got injured and was transitioning to the marathon. So it really took him a long time to get back with a coach and program that he really needed, you know, four or five years ago. But now he's got it, and. We're waiting, I guess. To yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think we're all sort of anticipating. You, you, you seem nervous from the email I got from you this morning. Um, we've been talking a lot about the keyway. I'm going to hop in here real quick. Uh, according to the Sub Two Hours uh, Project Twitter account, they're saying that the race has been brought forward at 9:20 p.m. Eastern time. It was originally scheduled to start at 9:30. So I'm assuming on there and is a little more plugged in than we are. So I'm um, just just figured I'd throw that out there for you and all listeners. So they're going to start in five minutes, in seven minutes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we we'll can try to get off try to get off by then. Um, speaking of the sub two hour, Sean, do you have any insight on what Kipchoge is going to be doing and where this race is going to be held and what sort of gimmicks are going to be? Oh, it's, have you heard it's it? Early on, it uh, you know somewhat uh, made the target date. Um, they're going to have some kind of uh, preliminary, 
uh, venture on it to get some of the systems, whatever the systems might be, you know, the runners working together, the, the three of them sometime before that. Um, no, no site, uh, you know, defined yet. Um, though everything we hear is not going to be a record eligible for it. So it's not yeah. going to be one of these things where you maybe tweak it to, um, you know, to, to get it just within the legal limits. So it's, it's, it's not going to be, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's the thing. I know I, I, I sent him an email, uh, a little back with the, uh, with, with the London maps, you know, it's, uh, you know, on one hand, um, you know, from my personal opinion, I've seen it go from tool to a sub tool six to five to four and now three. It's, it's a little bit of a leap, you know, to, to, you know, be there. It's also a little bit of a leap to not do it on a, on a, on a legal course. But for Kipchoge, I mean, you guys have seen when we've had runners at the at the top of the marathon for a series of times, sooner or later what gets to them is the fall and spring, fall and spring, fall and spring, you know, the championship. You know, sooner or later that wears them down more so than the competition. So who's to argue with Kipchoge for, you know, kind of taking him out of that pattern, take take his own kind of sabbatical, go for this a little bit, and then come back afresh, and he and he's all of a sudden relieved all the pressure that's you know you know just iteration. So right. yeah, good for him if it's if that's where his heart tends. He, he's earned it. You know, I don't think we feel that he has the responsibility to run these other majors. You know, he, he's he's had a heck of a run. You know, he, you know Harley didn't run the Olympics in Beijing in the marathon. But he went to the ten thousand to work a little bit on his speed, and then he came back to Berlin, and that speed paid off with you know, the two hundred three fifty nine. Maybe Kipchoge might pick up a little speed in this effort. Come back to the marathon, we'll see. But uh, so we got a few minutes left. Do you think he gets the world record tonight? What would you put his odds at getting getting the world record for Michaela? The Kaylee tonight, if I had to wager on it, it's maybe something between one and five and one and three. You know, so that's pretty good, twenty percent. I mean, off air before we got on, John told me that if he does get the world record given the weather, he thinks he's going to have to run the equivalent of a two hundred two fifteen performance just to break two hundred two with the record fifty seven. So that's. Pretty, that's pretty, you're saying there's a one in three or one in five chance of him basically running a 202 flat or 202.15. So that's that's pretty pretty exciting stuff. Um, John, what about you? What's your prediction? Yeah, I think it's always you know some money is always bet against the world record just because they are by definition uh, you know freak performances. And I think in this case, I just you know Bikaili is the greatest runner I've ever seen. So. You know, him getting it isn't going to shock me, but just given the weather um, and the fact that, you know, you compare this to Berlin, but I know that you get a little bit better competition, but Berlin, you know, there are, I think there's 11 or 12 men who have run faster on Berlin than the course record in Dubai, and there's a reason for that. It's not, as Sean said, because the course is faster, it's because the conditions are usually better. And, you know, you got maybe a guy like Wilson Kitsang or Emmanuel Mutai pushing you, and I don't know if they'll have that. So I, I would bet against uh, the world record today. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the other thing that's a little lost, Dubai, 
used to be somewhat, well, maybe two-third Ethiopian, one-third Kenyan. Now it's pretty much a straight Ethiopian race. And the the Kenyan-Ethiopian, you know, rivalry and also cooperation sometimes because often highly had Kenyan pacers. You know, Heba Karuri, you know, was one of them. Uh, that adds something to it, too, you know. But, well, we'll see. How about you, Robert? I'm saying what, no way. 69 degrees. Yeah. I, I, I'm someone that strikes myself out by the temperature. So, but I'm not going to admit to ever being the strongest mental mental runner. Um, this mm-hmm. week I was reading an autobiography by Matt, my Matt Sintowicz Senior. It's coming out in the next few weeks, and, and uh, he was talking about how he raised Craig Virgin in high school, and, and Craig just didn't let the hot weather get to him, and, and Matt learned a lot from that. And I definitely was not someone like that. I, I see the weather forecast at 69, and I think, my God, that's hot. Uh, at least for a yeah. marathon, but I, I would love to be proven wrong, and I'm kind of mad that they they moved the race up apparently 10 minutes because Sean, we're not going to have time to ask you whether it's true or not. I heard a rumor that you won a dance contest at Kenanisa Bakila's wedding. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's true. No, it was uh, actually that was the warm up. That's where they have a oh the Ethiopian weddings go on and on and on several days, but uh, uh they teach you to dance the traditional dances and uh so they have a contest for those that are you know uh not not of uh, Ethiopian natives and i I was maybe in the top three at Kenanesis, but they taught me well when I went back for Seleshis and Turnus. there I was the uh the champ, and um I'm always remembered as um uh, by the Dababa girls is the one who, who won the contest and then you, you dance with the mom. So it, uh, but it, it, Kenanisa and Ailey are amazing dancers. You know, the Ethiopian dances are a full workout, you know, but, but, uh, but the, 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 the athletic skills, they, they show their, uh, the same coordination, the rhythm, that stuff they bring to the, to the dance floor was, was pretty amazing at these, at these weddings. And, but yeah, but you were in your you were in the special non-Ethiopian division, so that I didn't know that. That takes a little asterisk next to your victory. Yeah, um, well, they, they they extend the the contest is for the you know because then they, they they don't expect you to have good dancing skills. So it's a, okay. so I was best of a sorry lot, I guess. <laughs> well, thanks for your time. I was thinking about uh, trying to hop on and do something mid race. I don't. I think that'd be too hard to set up, but. Um, Maybe I'll call you at halfway and get your thoughts and post them on the message board for everybody that's following around on there. And then if he does break the world record, maybe we should have a post-race call real quick or something. So if you're, if you're listening to this, uh, be, stay tuned. Maybe we'll be back uh, later tonight. But, Sean, thanks so much for your time. And um, we'll be posting a link to that website in Germany where everyone can get the updated splits. But um, remember, everybody, 255 per kilometer is basically flat is what you need, which is basically – what, 440 for the mile the whole way? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> quite fast, people. Quite fast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good well, luck to uh, Kenanisa, and I'll have my fingers crossed. And um, thanks so much, uh, John, also for being on. And uh, for Sean and John, this is Robert signing off. Thanks much, Robert. See you later. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, it, uh, it's kind of interesting seeing the wheelers on the line in the dark and having a a rare 